Coming up on the Jan Broberg Show. You guys think that the the story ended at, at, <laughs> after sure. <laughs> After oh she um, oh. realized the aliens weren't real? <laughs> no, no. The one. Turns out, turns out <laughs> they're real. <laughs> they're. This, is the, this is the alien child that he didn't save. Yeah, the I was, I'm the prodigal son <laughs> that saved the planet. Oh, man. Except You're welcome, Zeta and Zethra. Yeah, this, this is how you know when you've healed enough <laughs> that you can sit here and laugh like this. Right? Hey, everybody, do you have your popcorn and are you sitting in your easy chair? Because I want to talk to you a little bit more about our upcoming podcast. On the show, we are not afraid to talk about the difficult conversations around child abuse and what we can do to make a change and how we can heal so we aren't living a life based in the past from our trauma, but we are thriving in the present. We want everyone to thrive. So we invite real everyday people to share their stories We talk with special guests and experts who can give us insights, tips, and advice. We also release bonus content for our Patreon subscribers in the form of roundtables where we discuss a current topic in the news. We laugh a lot, but we also get into some really deep conversations. This show is not for children, and there may be language to which some are sensitive. You can also find our bleeped episodes on our website, thejambrobergshow.com. Okay, our roundtables, they're just more laid back and more fun, but they are still about a current child abuse issue or event. And so even though we laugh a lot and we have a lot to say and we get into some very lively conversations, at the core of our roundtable discussion, it really is about what can we do as concerned citizens, our reaction to certain stories in the news, to the people around us, and what actions we might take maybe even legally— They're really, really good, and I'm really excited that we get to do those today. They come out on Sunday on Patreon, but this one is free, and other special episodes will also be posted on our Patreon as well. Today, we're going to talk about how we respond to high-profile sexual predators, famous people, entertainers like R. Kelly, or those that associate with the rich and famous, Ghislaine Maxwell, and more. So what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> so, so we each, uh, I mean, our people who are already here on the page um, know Jan's voice, know Dave's voice. So let's just say um, you, who you are. And, 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 and you then, too. And, me. Yeah. and you too. Yes, yeah. I am Austin Duke Tana. <laughs> I am the son of Jan Broberg. And, uh, and Duke Tanner. And Duke Tanner. That's like, why I'm that awesome name. the Duke Tanner part <laughs> of my name. Uh, yeah, that's me. Duke Tanner's only part of it. Yeah. yeah Duke. Big Duke. Big. He's, he's awesome, too. Um, mm. We'll get him on the show at some point. Um, but, yeah, that's me. Uh, yeah, most importantly, you're the... I'd say managing director or producer of the podcast. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just call myself the podcast manager. Um, Which is, Jen and I were talking about this. I think you're the producer. I think I'm the manager. 
Yeah. You're the manager. We're not I'm sure producer. because it doesn't matter. But Producers ultimately, hire. Ultimately, mm. I gave you the highest. Maybe we should title. do it like this. Austin has the vision all the time, and I help. And that's basically what's Austin going on. Austin also has some sleep in his eye right there. Mm. <laughs> right there. Yeah, I yeah. don't sleep anymore. I know. You never sleep. I get up four in the morning to go to the bathroom. Mm. There's lights on. Oh, and working. <laughs> I don't um, stop working. And I'm Chris Whiteside. I am helping. <laughs> and um, I'm. What, what do well, we you're say our about friend me? for yeah. one thing. He's super. Oh talented. God! Right? How I'm relevant? Um, <laughs> Chris is still trying I'm to figure like, out if wait. he's relevant at uh, all. It's the story of my life. Um, no. I'm. My name is Chris Whiteside. I worked with Jan for three and a half years at the Center for the Arts at Kayenta. Uh, I was the production manager and she was the executive director. We worked closely for a couple of years while she was grooming me, so to speak. Maybe we shouldn't <laughs> use that word. <laughs> while she was preparing me and teaching me to uh, be more than what I was. And I have to say that Jan it's is going like, to make a noise here. Oh, One yeah. second, people. Sorry. Mom is still learning. I have how to, to use a microphone after yeah. all these years in entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Jan is kind of like a mind reader or like she, well, she knows the business very well because for like two years straight, she told me, well, here's what you have to know in order to do this job better. And I was like, I, that doesn't make sense to me. And then she would like teach me how to manage people or, or just work with people or how to do different kinds of things in theater. And she made me what I am. Hmm. That's, That's nice because he really can do anything. How old were you when you started working in the theater? You were pretty young. How old am I now? Uh, yeah, you're, so you're that still was pretty 2018. Young. I was so that was um, 22, 23, 22, 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I remember no. seeing Chris in a production. Really? Wow, mm-hmm. so young. You were young. Anyway, yeah. I, I, what I remember was. Seeing him because I would go to you know theater companies that I love their work, the Shakespeare Festival, the Simon Festival, and uh, I remember seeing Hank Williams' Lost Highway, not knowing who you were, and it wasn't until you came and started to help with some show, and we hadn't even employed you yet, and I made the connection. I was like, oh, you're the guitar player, the singer, the Hank Williams? <laughs> I loved that show. Mm-hmm. He was so good. Yeah, so that and, was kind of a fun, you know, rediscovery. And when I walked in the room uh, to to see my old theater company, Simon Fest, play at Kayenta, the first thing you said when you just met me, I think, was, it's so good to meet you. You're the guy we want to hire. <laughs> like, like post interview already or right. it was like they've all told me all about you because it was the shams and the mm-hmm. bugs and the, the people who and, those are actual people yeah those names. are actual people those, <laughs> yeah <laughs> who ran the simon fests and i guess they told you that i had a degree and that i went to suu and that i could do a lot of different things and then you were like you're the guy we need and then i was just in it from then on three and a half years past like the blink of an eye and I learned so much. I got so many good opportunities. I was light designing, sound designing, acting, singing, dancing, just anything I could help out with. And um, and then what drove us him to the out of the, of the theater? 
mm. was doing Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf <laughs> with me and two other actors. And it was so hard. It drives most people out play. of theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So much baggage in show. there. So anyway, yeah. that was a now that was an awesome experience too. That's an introduction. Actually. That's how uh, all of us know each other, other yeah. than yeah. clearly. Yeah, because I met us. Dave. Mm-hmm. Dave, I met way back when. Two thousand two. I think so. About twenty years ago. Yeah. He was playing Captain Von Trapp. Oh yeah, that's right. I always forget about that. At SGMT. So yeah. another theater, and I would that I was. I I even remember of. watching that. Do you? Yeah, yeah that's I do. Amazing. I do. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yep. it was wonderful, and I really have been friends with Dave all these years, on and off. Even when I wasn't here, it felt like the friendship always continued. Yeah, like we'd did. see each other and big hugs. We just and, pick up right where we left yeah. off last time yeah. we saw each other. Yeah, that's yeah, the way it works. Like that, so. I love that. So that's kind of cool. Theater is the thread that. Kind well, of yeah. sure, and that's together. the thing that most people might not know is that we've all been in shows. We've all been in the theater. Austin has. Man, even managed like large productions on cruises around the world, and that's kind of why we have opinions on this topic, which, which we're about to reveal. Yeah, what fired we're off. <laughs> Dave had something he was. Had oh, I was just going to say, I, I remember meeting Austin for the first time was when he stage directed for Bright Star. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was fun. I, I was like stage managed. Yeah, stage that's what I meant. Sorry, um, stage fine. managed. And and when when I just listening to him and looking around at everyone else who was so self absorbed, and I'm going, <laughs> do you not hear the genius in what this guy is trying to accomplish? So I've been a huge admirer of Austin since then. Yeah, yeah appreciate so it. Often two two years, three years ago. Austin yeah. will ma- say one thing that makes so much sense. Absolutely. If anyone, not, like people can figure it out and then some people don't figure it out. And that happens all the time with Austin, actually. Well, and that he's why we're here. Right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He just saw the opportunity. And I mean, how did, when did it really first happen? Thanks. Thanks, you guys. Sure. It's been a long, long, drawn-out process and has taken a bunch of different... Uh, routes to get to where we are now. Um, man, me and one of my best friends, Josh, we we had the idea of just retelling the story in depth of uh, of you know the your story, mom, of the Jambroberg story, and uh, uh, it didn't really didn't really work out. This is before the documentary came out and and it's just I don't know what I can't even remember. It's like so much has happened over the last 4 years that uh it's it's so hard to remember what happened where and at what time and and pinpoint it. Pinpoint it. Thank you. And uh I'm just so happy that Finally, over the over this last year is really when we got clear, and I really just went to the drawing board and was like, "Okay, this is exactly what we're gonna do," you know, more or less with wiggle room, of course, mm-hmm. and that's how that yeah. wiggle room is how we have what's going on right now with the roundtable ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it never would have happened without Austin. I was like, I don't, I don't know what I would talk. How will I do that? You know. <laughs> Well, I don't know how to do a podcast, and and I I love podcasts. I listen to too many podcasts, probably, and that's 
that's really kind of why I, I push you. it's been like a university for you. You've it really has. so many things. I've learned so much through podcasting. I didn't learn anything in high school except how to do a bunch of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but but know, he was really, really good, good at that. <laughs> Very good Caught at that. <laughs> yeah, I was pro. Yeah. Um, well, his mother was in the hospital, but he was doing fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I put my mom through a lot. You guys think that the the story ended at, at, <laughs> after she after oh she um, uh, realized the aliens weren't real? No, the, the no. birthed one. Turns out, turns out they're real. They're. This is the, this is the alien child, but he didn't. Yeah, save no I was planet. I'm the prodigal son <laughs> that saved the planet. Oh man, Set you're welcome, Zeta and Zethra. Uh, this, this is how you know when you've healed enough that you can sit here and laugh like this. Right? That's no. uh, oh, really true. true. And yeah. seriously, like, like uh, you know, and again, he's my son, so I don't want to, you know, be too braggy. But the point is, is that you have supported me so much through so many things, and you've experienced your own trauma because of my learning curve and my many, you know. It, it's hard to heal from something like that, and it causes trauma to your, you know, to the rest of your family. But at the same time, you've been such a support to me, and you've been pushing me to do yeah. this kind yeah. of this podcast thing. It never would have happened without you. And then finding sure. out that, you know, Dave had certain skills and, and a whole career in in investigating, you mm-hmm. know, trauma survivors and how to talk to, you know, informed trauma mm-hmm. <clears throat> interviews and that I didn't know. I knew he was a brilliant singer, and he had played these parts in like Bright Star, and it was you were a really, really good daddy in that one. I loved that show. That yeah. was really good. And just how and, and then, Chris. then Chris, how he quit Kanta uh-huh. at like kind of the perfect time. Yeah. Um, in retrospect, anyways, yeah. and then. You two you, were kind of teaming up. Yeah, we and became Chris closer is friends. Talking to Dave and finds out Dave has all these. This other I know that was crazy persona. serendipitous. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I didn't even mean to. You know, I knew like Dave was an ex-cop, I think, and that he he told me a while ago that he used to teach sex crime education, and I just kind of didn't think. I mean, I loved that he did that, and I loved Dave for that, but I didn't really put the two sides of my life together um, until just. Recently, when when Austin started bringing me on board to brainstorm, just to brainstorm and to plan more and more. And as soon as I was in the habit, we just started building all of this. Um, Speaking of building, it's it's very interesting that we're all builders. Uh, We're all we've all been on the stage. We've all we all try to create that special experience for the audience. And. I thought we were very well qualified to talk then, therefore, about today's topic, which is what do we do when artists, famous artists that millions of people love, uh, when they're revealed to be child predators? Do you stop listening to their music? And this is all in light of the of um, uh, R. Kelly's, yeah, R. Kelly's that's sentencing. It. That's what sparked it. Yeah, um, and he was trafficking. He and and everyone working around him had a, had a part in bringing girls to him, uh-huh. which just chills my 
And it's the same thing things. with with uh, Glenn Maxwell, who always yeah, who also was was, was uh, yeah. charged or sorry sentenced this last week. Um, what did she get? 20, twenty. She got twenty. He got thirty. Yeah. Me personally, I don't think it was enough. Enough. No. Um, no, no. 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 Considering <laughs> the amount of girls. Oh, oh uh, there. R. Kelly is facing. A new federal trial now. That was just like okay. round one. I think okay. he's, he's going to be in prison for the rest of his life. Oh, I think he will too. Yeah. Now, Galen, so you might as well just like give him those, you know, the 150 year thing, you right. know, like, yeah. like just to get it over with. Stop, you know, what taxpayer dollars going after him again? Just well, and I think there are probably already. listeners thinking, well, how can you be so cruel? That's a long time in mm. prison. But I, I think what's probably not well known enough is the impact that this has on not only the lives of those victims, which is lifetime devastating. So you talk about a lifetime sentence. Those victims are living their lifetime sentence of being uh, violated. But look at the ripple effect that each one of those victims have on their loved ones, their friends, their acquaintances, and how that impacts that and Mm -hmm. and their children. And, And it's just... Yeah, I think Can a life speak? sentence would not really address what <laughs> what needs to be addressed in terms of how how severe this really is. Can you speak a little bit more to the effects of the of not only them but those around them? Yeah, I believe that that that's not a far stretch at all to talk about because when you think about your own personal experiences of knowing someone in your own life or even yourself having been the victim of a sex crime or interpersonal violence, whether it's domestic violence, assault, whatever, it, it impacts your life and therefore the way you interact with those around you is impacted. Look at the marriages that have been destroyed. Look mm-hmm. at the, the mm-hmm. parental-child relationships that have been destroyed. Yeah. Jan's story is amazingly um, impactful in terms of what, your abduction and assault did to your sisters and to your parents and still is affecting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, and to me, like, you know, it keeps going down, mm-hmm. you know. It's a generation. Uh, yeah. I, I think I think that it, it stays in the bloodline for for generations, honestly. Yeah. As long as behaviors are learned, mirrored, repeated, uh, as long as that's with your your early understanding, I mean, that's why childhood sexual abuse is so pernicious because that's when you're learning what interactions are even like with other people. Right. And you can assume that it's going to be dangerous to interact with people for the rest of your life. And you could marry someone and, you know, it happens all the time. Um, You're silent and you're uh, shadowy about what you really think and how you really feel and sooner or later you're a different person than the person you wanted to grow up to be because Mm -hmm. you feel you have to hide yourself and that's just the simplest way to put it that's one of the simplest things that happens Mm -hmm. is that right mom because i mean you're the you're the yeah and i think i i mean yes i think that is true i think that a lot of it is just because you don't even know you don't know yourself yet because that's what you're figuring out in those tween Years, you know, as a child and a and a tween and a teenager, a lot of it is is the curiosity and the the trying things and the figuring out 
who you are. And when your confidence is shattered and then you don't, don't know anything about who you are, why you are, if you are, and and then you go out and now all of a sudden you're supposed to be an adult and make good choices, you just don't even know because you never had a chance to make a few dozen choices and to date the you know, the little boy that you were infatuated with and, you know, you didn't get to do that stuff. And so you don't have any reference point other than to now do it in an adult world. And oftentimes you, you don't succeed at it very well. So, yeah, it's, I think it's a lot because you don't, you don't have those experiences when your development is arrested. You know, mm. you really arrested development is a real thing. We laugh about it, but it really is something that how else are you going to try the things that you didn't try when you were 13. You're well, going to do it as a 23-year-old or a 29-year-old or a 35-year-old. And I see, like, um, and I don't, you know, mean to be rude or anything, but okay. when you get upset, when you get upset, <laughs> it seems like, like when you get really upset, you know, like where, you know, everybody scatters basically because you can get... Oh yeah, yeah. Jam Broberg when she is at her in in her rage, dragon, dragon. It's it's, at her it's intense. It's intense. Only I can handle it. Honestly, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, I don't know anyone else mm-hmm. who can. Well, I can. I I, I try to. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, you. But it's. Be, I I really think that you basically channeled that twelve year old girl. Mm. That's where you. It, it's it's not in. It's not an a, a, a an adult kind of response to you, you know happened. whatever it is that it happened. Made me, you triggered know, me into it, that it, kind it, of it it really does turn into like a throwing a fit kind of rage and like. So give an thing. example. And of I that, and I'm I not saying that's that. Interesting. I, no, I'm serious because I can mm, think. Of I a think couple. that happens to a lot of people. It I does. think that is that is well, that's all, very that's common. Yeah. and that's the kind of the point yeah. that we're getting at is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When you go through How those kinds react. of traumas, uh, when when you when you're experiencing those whatever kind of uh, extreme kind of emotions, you go you go hmm. back to those or to the that that age mm-hmm. where that arrested development happened. Right, and then you act like that. That's my like own. I'm not a doctor. I don't well, know. Well, no, I but remember it's one time kind we were at the movies, theory. the movie theater, and. I think I think you were pretty young. I don't remember okay. exactly your age, but what was so funny is that I got so mad at the kids in front of us. They were like junior high school kids, and they were talking, and they were all you know. I mean, it's a movie theater, but still, I'm trying to watch the movie. <laughs> I got so mad. I started snapping my fingers, and I was like, "Would you be quiet? Shut up!" Totally whole different personality that came out, and. I just remember Austin just kind of looking at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, and then just just last night I was at the I was at a theater production of the Utah Shakespeare Festival and some lady's trying to open her cookie. Well, first, the first oh, I went to two shows yesterday. The first show, <laughs> we're sitting across from a family over here and they're literally opening up a bag of potato chips in the middle of the sound of music. Oh. I yeah. about lost my S-H-I-T. Can we swear on this? Oh, yeah. Okay, I got lost my stash. And so I, I, I sat there, and I was with my sister, Susan, and she was like, 
giving him the stare, you know, <laughs> whatever. And they're passing the bag down. And it's oh, just, you wow. know, it's that crinkle. <laughs> I wish I had my Cheetos package Crazy. I just ate. It was oh. so bad. Mm. And then they decide they're going to get another one out. A different no. kind. No, and they're I not. Went nuts. I stood up <laughs> and I walked past them. And I went out into the little vestibule uh. where the ushers are. And I'm like, there is a family having a full-on and they were so stunned they were like you know and i was so furious but they did they went in and said no eating in the theater which might have been the adult response maybe (laughs) and then the same thing happened that night when we were seeing king lear the lady was trying to open her cookie yeah finally staring at her i'm looking at this lady and she's got probably a sister or a friend sitting next to her that's the person that caught my eye. And and the lady literally sat up. She's like, she could see me staring. And I'm like, stop, stop. Talk about King Lear. <laughs> Queen Lear. <laughs> Queen Lear, that's crazy. That goes nuts. Um, but the, anyway. yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head as to where that comes from. Yeah, and, you, and what yeah. triggers that kind of response. And then to take this back where the topic started, I'm wondering oh, I can what your input is on whether or not R. Kelly and Maxwell know what they've done, the damage, hmm. or do they care? Um, they don't care. They don't care. Because, mm. well... I think they, Maxwell doesn't care. Oh, sorry. I don't think Maxwell you, cares. He asked you. It's you. Well, I agree no, with I'm you. talking so, to everybody. I, I know, I'm but... I'm just curious. But go, you go ahead, Chris. I don't think Kelly or Maxwell care. I think that narcissism is a real, real different psychology than the thing that we experience as non-narcissistic people. Narcissism is like, I, you can only fathom caring about how you look, how you feel, your image, mm-hmm. and everyone else's pawns. And no, I don't think that they care. And I think that something really hard and terrible has to happen to you as a young child for you to make a deal with God that you're going to be God or whatever it is mm-hmm. that, that narcissists do. Um, and I think some are born. Um, I do think that, but I think some are made. Um, bringing it back to the topic, if you count up the number of years that people lose who they wanted to be because of abuse, it could never amount to the amount of years that these predators get sentenced to. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's thousands or millions of hours and days lost to brain fog and confusion and traumatic re-fantasization and therapy and money that goes into all that, too. And it's just, and we don't, uh, frankly, we don't really punish the people uh, who do it, we protect the rest of us from them for hopefully the rest of time by putting them away in a prison. Um, maybe capital punishment will be the topic of another episode. Or castration. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or some, no, because I don't think that would solve the problem. I don't either. I think it, I think it would, it would be, it, <laughs> Like we said, it's a topic for another time. It's a topic for another time. It might deter. It might be a deterrent. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure of that. Really? Interesting. Interesting. There's there's research on that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Yeah, we will. We'll we'll make that a topic on another day. But think about, think about, um, uh, after we've, you know, okay, 
There we go. <laughs> yeah. So think about like her. I am so, I mean, Maxwell. R. Kelly was just, you know, deplorable and he should be in prison for life. I hope that that second wave. But I think about somebody like her and it mm. makes me like so angry because it so often feels like a woman doing that to younger girls is so opposite mm -hmm. of how at least I feel, you mm -hmm. know? And so I, I can't even relate to her. Right. I can't, it's almost beyond my capacity to relate to her yeah. for some mm -hmm. reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, so, and it's, it's strange because, um, I mean, she didn't necessarily participate in it, there were times where I think she did, she did. but yeah. most of the time it was, it was just, more just like setting it up and mm -hmm. like and all that, which really like what kind of state of mind do you have to be in? Yeah, like what? Yeah, why? And how did you get there? You know, like what? just because he's your homie, like <laughs> like yeah, that, like really. and, and you're he's paying you money, or you're, I'm sure she's getting she doesn't have to worry about well, money. Well, she has a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah like she seems and, like a well-adjusted person. Mm -hmm. If it was if. If the normal was trafficking kids, you know, like she seems like yeah. she seemed like her persona was a happy and like vivacious. They describe her as a social butterfly, a socialite. Oh, yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, what? she was, weren't they like, like, well, they're, not they're all, to bring Donald Trump in to like, you know, make a whole thing out of that, but sure. her, she was good friend. They, Epstein and her were really good friends with Donald Trump. And and uh, I, I I almost said Ivanka, um, Melania. Thank you, Melania Trump. Yeah, as far as I can tell, yes. Which yeah. like, I mean, that's really high. Like I have in the in yeah. in, in, in the in the you know it, like they are being watched by so many like celebrities and higher mm -hmm. you know at the top of the top you mm -hmm. know. Like I yeah. just I feel like you would be so like I would be so paranoid being that like playing that role you know and not even like getting in on you know the, like I don't get what she's getting out of it you know what I mean that's where that's uh, what I'm trying to get at yeah. I don't get it like as far as with all of that pressure and anxiety of getting caught you would think that like there would be like an equal amount of like kind of reward to it but I just don't get like what she got out of the whole situation. Maybe she really was just a predator. Maybe yeah. she really is more of a predator than I can wrap my head around just because I can't imagine, you know, feeding Chris, you I, and wow. his microphone. That's the third <laughs> big boom. gestures. You Use the other hand. Like. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> don't hit Dave. Guys. <laughs> um, um, I, I just know. think she liked to watch. I, I don't know. I think there's more to it. I think yeah, because and and I tell people this all the time. At least I did when I was a detective, and and people would say, I just don't understand how somebody could break into somebody's house, into my house, and and uh, help me understand what's why would somebody do this? And I, my only response is, you don't want to understand because mm. if you understood, you would be like them, and mm. the last thing you want to do is be like them. Right. I think. I think we're missing the mark when we try and understand all of where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. I think what we need to focus on is what we can do for those who have been 
harmed by them because sure. there are always going to be predators. I think our goal is yeah. to, yes, bring a platform to those who've been victimized with the hope that we can reduce the incidence of abuse. Mm. That's going to happen when abusers, predators see that more of us are educated and looking for them. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. true. And I think that understanding um, is a form of empathizing. And I think that we can't understand predators because they don't have empathy. Like we could let that sink in. Like if you have a hard time understanding it, it's probably because it lacks empathy. Because mm. um, why do you understand in the first place? To like make sense of things so that they're not so emotionally um, volatile. And they don't care what's emotionally volatile. They can't relate yeah, to that. I don't think point. all predators uh, are completely lack empathy though. I don't believe that every single chomo out there has zero empathy. Chomo? Child molester. Oh. I, and I would agree with that. It takes all types. I think I there's a difference between cognitive empathy and emotional empathy. Because I can use cognitive empathy to know what you're going through, but I can lack emotional empathy and I don't have to care about what you're going through. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. true. No, a drug addict can do that too. I've been there. Yeah. Not for obviously the same. But when I was stealing money from my grandma so I could go get high, mm. I didn't give a shit. And it wasn't because wow. of the drugs. Wow. It was a necessity. Wow. So. Which also is a really interesting thing. Was there a necessity in that for her? And him. Like, yeah. you know, in order for her to maintain her lifestyle, she had to deliver X number of girls to him. I mean, who knows? I don't know. Was yeah. that ever talked about in any of the... Uh, I didn't find that. Did ever come out? There, there wasn't... No, I don't, I don't think so, honestly. I, I did watch the documentary series uh, a couple of years ago when it came out, but... Um, yeah, we should. This I mean, we're. It sounds like we're gonna have to come back to all of this because we also wanted to. Should we even bring it up? Should we about? Um, do we continue uh, bringing it back to R. Kelly? Do we continue to support his music? Not me. Do we listen to his music? Nope. No, I mean the answer for me is no. I mean, is it wrong for somebody yeah. to continue? Yeah. To support his music. <laughs> Uh, is it so? Well, so it, I the, think the look, think of Michael Jackson and how many people still love and will play his music till the end of time. You know, I think that's true. a really complicated issue, though, mm -hmm. because there, there's a. It, it's not just with music performers, but look at that's in the sports world. I mean, mm -hmm. There are exactly um, in the film world. In the film world, there are people who mm -hmm. are are convicted or accused and have admitted mm -hmm. to this type of behavior and we still go watch those movies and we'll oh, yeah. still pay. The yeah, Weinstein movies? Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. so Some many. Of the best movies of all time. I right. have to go yeah. back on what I said because I actually have a pretty scientific take. I wrote a paper in college on the effect that music has on the brain and I read this fascinating paper about the, a specific brain response which, which like took us from the very last place we were in evolution to uh, people who are capable of having a religious experience. And it came from mothers singing their kids to sleep. And it was the first stuff, the first music was choir and or, or rhythm and drumming. And then simple melodies came along. It's actually 
in the brain similar to the presence of a very, very comforting person. So when we think of when we're, I mean, muse, music, it's called muse, you know, muse for a reason, because it's like, a, like uh, the Greek muse was an actual figure. It's like a person. And yeah, art is separated from the creator. Once it's out there, it's what it is. And every song that R. Kelly sings is not him. It He channeled it. And, but the effect of the music is still, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's like a drug or just something you like to listen to. And it is, it is totally separate from him. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything about him. What it means is the feeling that it gives you. And what it means is if it can put you to sleep at night or comfort you during the day, then that's yours. Yeah, that's one aspect, but there's the, okay, so what, what, when you listen to, when you see somebody else listening to R. Kelly or Michael Jackson or watching a movie by Weinstein or something like that, what happens? What kind of what kind of emotion goes through your body? And do you is that person doing anything wrong? Or or are we continuing to support, you know? Like Well, I think that when it's really personal, like to me. Mm-hmm. Music by a specific artist is way more connected than being a producer with a bunch of other collaborators on a it's film. True, yeah. mm-hmm. So to me, that feels like a pretty hard no. Like it even happened to me this last week. We we were I was doing a thing with Dateline, and we were in um, this really cool little co- coffee house in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. and it, it's like an all day or goes into the evening kind of place and little desserts and stuff too. And when we were done filming, we were trying to reset the place so they could open for the evening or for the morning or whichever day it was. And they just turned on the music. And first it was Whitney, and then it was somebody else, and then all of a sudden it's Michael Jackson. And the mm-hmm. second it was the Michael Jackson song, I mean, everybody was dancing. You know, we were, we were, we were doing, mm-hmm. hey, I want to dance with somebody. And mm-hmm. we were all dancing around, we're trying to put the tables back and the chairs back and, you know, they were like, you don't have to help. And I'm like, oh, I don't mind. You know, we're having a great time. And then all of a sudden a Michael Jackson song comes on. And I'm like, oh, I love this song. And then I'm like, ooh. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it was like that kind of thing because I grew up with him. I loved yeah. him. You know, he was, you know. Were the other people dancing still? And Yeah. And I was conflicted. I was like, do I just do what my peers are doing and just go ahead and keep dancing and don't notice that we just had a whole conversation around pedophiles? Yeah. It was just so weird. It's complicated. It's complicated. And I bet a lot, I'm sure you were not the only person thinking that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm Mm -hmm. sure that you weren't. And (laughs) I don't know. I think. still real even when you're in your 50s. (laughs) I don't think that there's a right or wrong answer here. Honestly, that's how I feel. Like I feel if sad. you want to stop, if you want to stop supporting them, and that makes you feel better, and to boycott their music and whatnot, go ahead and do it. You know, if you want to continue listening to them, that's fine too. But maybe don't uh, show them off. You know, show off that you're listening yeah. to them or whatever. Also, try not to spend too much money on their music. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. Support the machine. But if you're on Spotify, you oh, know, yeah. and no one gets paid on Spotify. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's. I think it's an interesting <laughs> answer. Spotify. I think it's an interesting. Uh, 
That is interesting. We are, we live in such a you know cancel culture, you know, mm-hmm. right now. But yeah. we also yeah. live in a rape culture mm-hmm. yep. that has to change. Absolutely. So I'm glad you brought that up. It just makes me think about what both of you, Austin and Chris, have said. There's a lot more we can approach on these roundtables. A lot mm-hmm. of topics yeah. that need to be discussed, and I exactly. think are important. So yeah, I'm, we, I'm loving this. Yeah, me too. And we, yeah, we got to wrap it up for today. Um, but this is more or less what it's going to look like, and it's going to, you know, there, it, there's a possibility that none of us will be here on a roundtable, and that it'll be other people from our team and um, and our friends and our guests might experts. even come back. Yeah, experts might come back that you've heard on a podcast. You know, it's the 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 point is is that. We want to continue listening to a variety of voices and opinions, and there's a there's a difference between having a one-on-one interview with somebody and having a group discussion. So that's the whole idea behind having these kinds of discussions and conversations. So, um, and I think it's so important too because you're saying. We want the variety of opinions and the discussion so that people will go away and think about it for themselves. Exactly. Because literally you have to make a decision and definitely in our, at least in this American culture, the almighty dollar is your vote of approval more so than almost anything else. And so it does become like, well... If we support it with this, then we keep doing it no matter what, because that literally is kind of how, you know, a free economy works. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it says a lot. And so I think you have to be real about and who does it affect? Does it who does it directly affect? Who does it indirectly affect for good or or bad Mm -hmm. when you withhold your dollars? Yeah, that's Better to have pred- uh, predators who don't have a lot of money. I mean, that's yeah, for definitely. Sure, right? Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't have predators at all. Yeah, um, yeah. I could I could go off on a. I'm not going to though. Uh, we got to wrap up. And um, there's one more thing I wanted to mention is that we will also be taking this space once a month to do a Q and A session with Jam Broberg here. So oh, yeah. start to think of okay. what questions you would like to ask. Um, we don't know at the moment where to post those questions, but we will let you guys know um, on the next one. Uh, this one is actually going to be free. We've decided that the very first one should be mm-hmm. available to everybody, but these roundtables is, is a way for us to actually make a little bit of money from this podcast. So please um, subscribe to our paid content, which this is what you'll get. You'll also get uh, no ads. Um, there, there'll be two tiers. So if you there'll be the five dollar tier, which will get you no ads, and then there'll be the ten dollar tier, which will get you the roundtables and no ads. So if you guys could like and subscribe and go and give us five stars and all those things, we would really appreciate it. Yeah, we want more people to discover what we're doing, and we just want to really help the conversations start because that's really where change happens. 
It happens in conversation. Exactly. Not in secret. <laughs> and I want to thank Austin and Chris and Jen for all that you've done and are doing and accomplishing. This is amazing. And thank you for letting me be a part of it. Thank you. Dave. We're happy you're here. Yes. Yeah, so happy everyone's much. here. And we promise we'll get our technical shit down eventually. We have had <laughs> two cameras die on us since we have started this. I hope Hopefully that down. third camera is at least capturing Dave and Chris. <laughs> yeah. If not, we'll just cut the video right on out. It's all good. Also, we will have episode analysis and roundtables, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. things yeah. like what Jeff Buhner is saying, world-renowned author about the Sultan Musa of Mali and his teachings and how to become rich or become anything you want to be. Yeah, that's coming up. That's an episode that will probably come out. Uh, that's coming later. up. It's coming up. We can cut out everything that I just said. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but, you know, techniques, things that people have for people to try, we're going to try them and we're going to tell you how they go. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's, there's, there's, it's going to be really cool. And then, Coming out a little bit later on, we're going to be coming out with an online community, and there'll be more on that. So just stay tuned. Thank you so much for, for tuning in, and we love you, and we'll see you next time. Namaste. That's it for today's episode of The Jam Broberg Show. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the show. And if you know anyone who would benefit from hearing our show, it would mean the world to me if you wouldn't mind sharing one of our episodes with them. If you believe in what we are doing here on the show and would be interested in becoming a patron, head over to our website at thejambrobergshow.com slash Patreon. It takes a lot to put on a show like this, and your support would be deeply appreciated. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at thejambrobergshow and my personal account at Janny Broberg, J-A-N-I-B-R-O-B-E-R-G. And by signing up for our newsletter over at www.thejambrobergfoundation.org. We are doing everything we can to help survivors of child abuse and their families heal and get access to resources so they can all reclaim their happy childhood. All of this can be found in our show notes. Thank you so much, everyone. This is Mama Jan signing off. Over and out on two. Bye-bye.